Okay. So I will, I'll just start again actually, to be honest with you. Um, so thanks, Tom, for coming on to the Green Element podcast. It's um, absolute pleasure to have you guys, um, Whole Grain Digital, on. Um, we've known each other for a few years now. I think we met at a retreat. Um, what you said 2016 so um, yeah, 2016 yeah. um Beacock retreat down in sussex yeah so brilliant i mean i've been watching and following you guys and what you're doing so i i guess i know um usually i'm interviewing people that i don't really know massively well but i know that this is going to be a great podcast i shouldn't say that should i because that's just <laughs> building I'm it up <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, it's going to be rubbish, this. I'm not looking forward to it at all. <laughs> but can you tell us a bit about your business and your purpose and who you work with? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Holgren Digital is a web design and development agency that my wife, Felita, and I founded back in 2007. And um, we're really sort of, we, we set up the company with a, the intention of using design for good. So helping people that are doing good things use design to achieve their goals, achieve their own mission. Um, and we very quickly sort of, we actually originally started out more in brand design, very quickly went into the website of things because we found that that was what everyone was asking us for. Um, so in terms of our specialisms, there's really two sides. There's the, on the technical side, we specialize in WordPress, which is a very popular content management system, but on the, um, on the sort of perhaps more interesting side, we, we specialize in um, sustainable web design effectively. So looking at how we can actually benefit our clients and benefit users by using sustainability as a lens for designing and building websites. So making them super efficient um, so that they, and, and that has all sorts of side benefits in terms of loading fast, good SEO, um, great user experience and so on. Um, so it's sort of green web design and we do it for a whole range of different sectors, but specifically looking at trying to work with people that are doing something positive in the world. Mm. So we have quite an open mind as to what that means, but um, so it's not sort of specifically just nonprofits, for example, mm. but um, but we have a, a way of sort of categorizing clients as we have a screening process where they're green, gray, or red. So green is basically people who we think are actually contributing something positive in the world. So that might be, it might be a nonprofit, but it could be, it could be a, a green business. So Ecova is one of our, is one of our big clients. Um, and we also work with, um, we do work with nonprofits like UNICEF and Article 19, and we also do a bit of government stuff, um, people like Network Rail and the NHS. So it's, it's sort of quite mixed in terms of sectors, but very much focused on trying to do work with people that are doing good things um, and help Network them actually. Rail doing a good thing at the moment? I'm joking. No, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, you know what? That's a very controversial one. And a lot of people say it to me, and I'm like, oh, don't, let's not start on that. <laughs> and my answer is always just, trains are good. <laughs> they are good. And you know what? We need Network Rail. So I would, I would say that they have a positive outcome. They, yeah. They were in a hard business, so that's not fair for me. I was just more tongue-in-cheek to be honest. Yeah, no, you, no every, everyone says that, and especially when you're on a trade and there's like disruption and you're like, oh, God. 
<laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I completely missed your um, thoughts. Um, yeah, and then so in our screening process, we've got green, grey, and red. So that's the green, and the grey is kind of the people who are sort of normal run of the mill businesses. Like no one would have any issue with them, think they're doing anything bad, they're, and they're very much kind of a nest, an, an important part of the economy. Um, but equally, at the same time, they're not they're not doing things to really save the world or really sort of help humanity, so to speak. So um, we work with a sort of reasonable number of those clients, and to some extent. There's, on the one hand, it's they help pay the bills. So that's important for us. Um, it helps us actually do some of the other work with really positive clients who maybe don't have the big budgets. Um, so it, it helps there. Um, but also by bringing our kind of lens of sustainability to web design to those people, we can actually have some positive impact there anyway um, within those businesses too. And, and also hopefully some of, what we're doing will rub off on them in other in other ways in their businesses i can see absolutely that the knock-on effect of oh god i hadn't thought about that well actually and then the same person going off and looking at other parts of the business with the same lens so i yeah. can absolutely see that happening that's brilliant exactly so i think there's a value to to working with 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 organizations that are both in the sort of green and gray green and gray categories and then the red is basically the stuff that we won't touch um which is a lot of the usual stuff in terms of you know arms and tobacco and so on, um, meat and dairy. There's there's a whole bunch of things that we won't touch as an organisation. Where it gets tricky is the stuff that kind of doesn't fit into any box, and no one's mm -hmm. quite sure like are we happy about this or not. And um, in those cases, it's very much a case of having a chat as a team and and trusting our guts on mm -hmm. whether it's something that we feel we want to be involved in or not. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. So what, what would you say your business superpower was? Um, so I've always thought, it sounds really basic, but I've always thought it's basically just having people that care. Mm. Um, everybody in our team, like there's one of the sort of big criteria when we're hiring people, is people that genuinely care are actually surprisingly rare. Like there's lots of people who are good at their jobs about people who not just care about their teammates or care about the company they work for, but they care about the client as well. And they really, they really put them first, not because it's their job to do so, but because they almost can't help themselves. It's just, that's just who they are. Mm. Um, and I think that is our superpower in a way. That's why people hire us. That's why we've, you know, grown our business over the last 10 years without ever really doing any marketing because when people know that, they, that you care, they trust you, they know that you have their best interests at heart. Um, and that forms a really strong relationship um, going forwards and, and good word of mouth and so on. That makes sense. Makes absolute sense. So can you tell us about, um, I guess, engaging your staff, suppliers and customers with your mission and purpose, but um, do you need to engage your staff as they do care i mean i i'm all i'm actually almost thinking about this from our own point of view and i what you've said resonates with with me um so yeah what how do you yeah what do you do how do you do it yeah sure so on the one hand you're right i think if you recruit the right people then you're halfway there mm. um but i nevertheless i've seen I've seen as a direct correlation between the more we talk about our mission and purpose, the more 
people seem to sort of embrace it within their roles within the business. Mm. So our, our mission, just to, to clarify, our official mission is basically to use design technology and business to help move the world towards sustainability. Um, and when we, t when we didn't used to talk about it, we had lots of people in the business who cared about that and they did, you know, things here and there, but over the last couple of years, really catalyzed by us going through the Beagle certification process, mm -hmm. um, we started talking about it a lot more and it, it's, it's made a huge difference in terms of, um, like our team has really completely transformed the way that we design websites in the last two years, both on the design and the technical side. Um, and people have started putting forward ideas of the other things we can do more generally in the business. Um, there's been much more conversation within the team, people sharing ideas and advice on how to green their own lifestyles outside of work. Um, so it's really, it really is just about actually being open and confident to talk about the things you care about. Um, so general conversation with the team, but also we're writing a lot more about it. We're um, talking to people at events, doing things like this podcast, um, and, and, and just being a bit more confident to talk to clients about the things we care about as well. Um, I think sometimes we're a little bit nervous that, you know, we don't want to be preachy and we don't want to sort of annoy people by talking about things that we care about and they're not interested in. But actually I think if you, if you talk about it in the right way, um, and you sort of gauge what they're interested mm -hmm. in, then, then it, it rubs off on people. I don't, yeah, I, I don't think you could be preachy in some ways because of the way that you, you are, I, I, I guess, um, how, what am I trying to say? Um, <laughs> you come across very naturally. So therefore I don't think you'd, you, I, I, you meet an awful lot of people, don't you? And there are certain type personalities that you just go, Oh God, yeah, I'm being told off here for, um, doing something that, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have done that, but now I'm feeling bad kind of thing. Um, yeah, exactly. And we're always we're always really conscious of that. That that's not who that's not who we want to be as an organisation. Um, and you know, you've got to you've got to get people interested in things. Not it's not about turning people off. It's about getting them excited. And you're a husband and wife team, aren't you? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so who so a podcast like this? Who 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 gets to do it? Is it is it always you or is it um, you know? So it, it's, it's normally me for the simple reason that um, Denise is great at talking to people about things, but she's, she's scared of microphones. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to love listening to this now, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, she, I, got, I got her a one, one, maybe, I think just one. I oh, know we did, we used to do our own podcast actually, and she did come on that. Um, and then we got her onto one other podcast. But normally, it, normally it's me because I'm quite happy doing these things. And I think she enjoys it when she does it. But I think a lot of people are kind of nervous about being recorded. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Lita comes across really, really well. Um, yeah, I, yeah, she doesn't need to worry about that at all. No, not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, do some more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when it comes to running um, an ethical and sustainable business, what would you say your biggest struggle was so far? And can you tell us a bit about how you've overcome it? Yeah, sure. So I think for us, um, 
the biggest struggle for us in a way, I'll sort of cheat the question slightly and give you two answers. On the, <laughs> on the one hand, it's been finding office space or, or, or just sort of handling the issue of energy in our, in our workplaces because we're, we sort of designed the business to try and be efficient. And part of that is um, using co-working spaces so that we're not like blocking out like more space than we need. Um, and also people working from home to minimize travel um, where possible. But then, but the challenge that comes with that is then you, you have very little control over energy consumption and where that energy comes from. So um, if you're working in a co-working space, it's very hard to actually control anything about the building, really. You're just, you're just there, but it's not, you don't know much about where the energy comes from. So actually trying to find spaces that we can work in where the people operating those spaces actually care about energy efficiency and they care about where their energy comes from and they're actually prepared to have a conversation about it has been a real challenge. Yeah. Um, but we have, we have managed it. Um, we were based for a long time in Impact Hub Westminster, which was fantastic. Um, I'm not saying it's fantastic for energy efficiency because it was a 1960s power block, but they did care about it. You could have conversations about it and they tried to do everything they could and they were quite open about, um, you know, they showed us the, the energy supply tariff details, which was from a renewable supplier and so on. Um, and now we've moved into, sorry? It's really what you want, really. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And now, sadly, that closed down and we've moved into Somerset House, which is an amazing location. Again, the building itself is it's a historic building this time, so not energy efficient, really, but, um, but they have a sustainability team and they really care about it and they're trying to do everything they can. They put in a combined heat and power system. Um, so, so I think if you can, that's been a big challenge for us is to seek out those spaces. And on that, people working from home side, um, again, that's a challenge. So it's a, I think it's about trying to educate the team about energy efficiency so that they can try and take a bit of proactivity in saving energy in their own homes. Um, and then doing things, we've been trying to get everybody to switch to renewable energy. And we've had pretty good success in the last 12, 18 months. It took a long time. And then suddenly, once a couple of people start switching and sharing their coupon codes, the bulb, um, <laughs> <laughs> they've done so well haven't they it's crazy yeah. everyone everyone who works for b corp now uses bulb energy pretty much which is a shame <laughs> because there are two other b corps yeah are, um yeah that are energy renewable energy suppliers as well yeah yeah i use good energy and, and I, I really like good energy um, but most of our team now use bulb um so that we've got a bit of momentum there, but there's some real challenges that people, some people just can't switch. They live in shared accommodation where they're not in control of a bill or they live in rented accommodation where the landlord just won't let them change supplier. Um, there's some genuine reasons why people can't switch even if they want to. And so we're just trying to sort of navigate that as a team and figure out, can we find ways around this? Um, and gradually, more and more people are managing to sort of get past it, even if that literally just means badgering their landlord until they, until they give in. Um, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, yeah. Okay. So if you could offer one piece of advice to our listeners, which could help them, them with their purpose, what would that be? Um, I'd say trust your gut. 
um, and do what you think is right. I think a lot of the time we overthink things and we worry about what other people might think or what other people might think we should do. Um, and one thing I've learned over the years is that every single time I don't follow my gut, it ends up being a mistake. Um, and when I do, okay. when I do, things generally, I'm not saying 100%, but generally work out better than if I hadn't. Um, <laughs> and, and I think on some level, like we all know what, we all know what we think we should be doing. Um, it's whether that's, you know, in terms of purpose or whether that's sort of just more general practical day-to-day -day things. And, and when we trust ourselves, I think that we, we get more quickly towards fulfilling our goals. Mm. Okay, brilliant. Great piece of advice. Um, trust your gut. Yeah, totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. Your gut's more intelligent than your brain, yeah. actually. <laughs> I was reading something recently that, um, you know how you feel sick when you are um, just about to do a presentation? Yeah. And it all comes down to the gut. So the gut, it's almost its own brain. And, you know, there are so many examples that are not not wives tales but kind of old-fashioned ways but actually it just shows that your gut really is like a brain and yeah you, it we should be listening to our gut more so yeah and there's a lot of new science actually there's a lot of research now being done to, into the gut and the microbiome um around exactly that about how it actually does have a lot of control over different aspects of the body and, mm -hmm. and it sort of it, it has its own thoughts in a way not, yeah. not thoughts in the conscious sense but um but it very much there's a relationship between mm. the gut and the brain it's yeah bizarre but it everyone has come across it and everyone has yeah. experienced it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so when it comes to reducing your environmental impacts and carbon footprint of your business what would you say your biggest single challenge was uh, or frustration? Um, so, so I had said a minute ago that there, was, there were two things I was going to say in terms of reducing our carbon footprint. And other than office space, the other challenge was um, just trying to understand the impact of the work that we do because we design websites like most people think that we don't have any impact. And if I'm being honest, that was part of the reason that we started designing websites. Yeah. Um, but something, again, something in my gut told me this wasn't true. <laughs> so, so it took years for us to really kind of figure out what that, what the impact was. And it's still, you know, I wouldn't say that we have a hundred percent grasp of it because it's such a diffuse, you know, the internet's such a diffuse system. But at least now, like by scouring the academic research and so on, we've realized that there is a huge amount of, um, you know, the internet uses a huge amount of energy. Um, and actually what we do as web designers has a big impact on that energy consumption. So that's been a big challenge for us as a business is to be able to quantify that um, and start using it as a metric in our work and, and using it to focus our design and development process to, and our clients, get them on board. Like, the real numbers say that we need to actually focus on energy efficiency and, and carbon reduction and, and help them um, understand that this is a real thing. Um, whereas, you know, the internet's just too abstract for most people to actually see an environmental impact from it. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Um, 
can you tell us a bit about how you approach your environmental management and your carbon footprints at Whole Grain Digital? Yeah, absolutely. So we sort of we sort of approach it from first principles in the sense that rather than just setting up a business and designing services and then afterwards thinking how can we minimize the impact of what we've created we've always embedded that thought process into anything that we create whether that's the business structure itself or whether that's a particular product or service that we're developing the looking at the sustainability of it from an environmental point of view has always been in the thought process so that's why for example we have a um, sort of semi-remote team structure where and where we use co-working spaces for our work that's why we design websites rather than making widgets that end in landfill mm. um, and it's why we've tailored our our process to actually focus on efficiency and performance rather than just focusing on stuff that looks pretty in terms of web design um so i think when you do it that way you're already halfway there like the next step is then to obviously try and measure that and then optimize it but but if you've already tried sort of intuitively minimize um resource consumption and and any sort of negative impacts of, of your activities mm when you're designing anything then i think you, you're already halfway there so that's that's always how we've approached it and i'm not sure whether to mention it but you you've got a very cool carbon footprint tool yeah absolutely so that's one of the things that we launched at the beginning of this year um based on what i was mentioning it um, a minute ago about trying to quantify um the impact of websites so um we've had it for a couple of years internally just in a spreadsheet um so we, we scaled the academic research to try and figure out, you know, how much, how can we quantify the carbon emissions and the energy consumption mm -hmm. of a website? And essentially there's a correlation between data transfer over the internet and the amount of energy that's consumed. And there's, there's some fairly good research that's been done on this. So what we've done is we've taken the data from the reports that we found and, um, and put it, built it into a carbon calculator that anybody can use for free. So, if you go to website carbon.com, um, you can put in your web address, the number of page views, uh, monthly page views for your website, and then it will it will produce a little infographic for you, giving you some information about about that. And then the idea is, firstly, I mean, the free tool that we've currently put up is essentially just to try and get people engaged in the issue, mm -hmm. that understand that there is an impact, um, and it is you know, it can be quite significant. I mean, it can range. For a typical website, you know, quite an efficient website could be not a great amount. It might be like 50 kilograms of CO2 per year or something. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not nothing, but it's quite small. Mm -hmm. uh, but a website like Network Rail, for example, you, could, you can be getting up to like 40 tons a year or something. Mm -hmm. For the simple reason that they have a vast amount of traffic. But if you have a combination of... It's basically three factors. It's, it's how heavy, how much data do you need to transfer? So are your pages really lightweight or are they really heavy in terms of file sizes? Um, how many people load that data? So, you know, if you've got a website that no one visits, then, you know, your environment <laughs> is pretty tiny. <laughs> um, 
But if you've got a website like Network Rail where you're getting like a million visitors a month, mm. then that even if you've got really efficient pages, that scales really, really quickly. Um, and then the third thing is looking at your hosting provider and, mm. and how they're powering their data centers. Yeah. Are they using, are they actually, um, are they actually using a green tariff to power the data center or, or are they just using standard grid energy? And, and, and the good thing is that more and more um, data center providers are actually starting to engage with this issue and starting to um, do, do contracts with green energy suppliers. So, so that's exciting. But yeah, our tool, our tool is really to get people engaged in that. And our hope is that over the next couple of years, we're going to sort of flesh that out a bit more, give people more um, sort of practical advice on, on what they can do and, and create sort of um, benchmarking tools. I think, can, can I think it's brilliant. I know that you, because you looked at ours and you said that we're quite a heavy carbon website because of we use um, a add-in for WordPress Divi or something. And I remember you saying it's because of that particular aspect of your website that you've got a heavy carbon. And it is, it is in the back of my mind. And you did say, look, I wouldn't, push at it now because you've got other things going on but it's certainly something I will look at and that's I think it's it's that knowledge isn't it it's that knowledge sharing and why by putting up carbon.com out there it's just it's another way for people to interact with their environmental impact on their websites and helping them understand what it is because I've got to say I wouldn't have known why would I know um, yeah, exactly. I, you know there's Matt from um, Leap that I know you work with and they host um websites don't they yeah and um yeah so they've got a um, carbon neutral hosting service mm. and i i don't know it's i guess by talking having these conversations it makes you look at what it is that you've got because we are not all perfect you know if someone came in and audited me and the business uh, we're not perfect you know we're not uh, i don't purport to be purpose yeah but purpose uh, i don't purport to be um perfect um but um, i try my best i absolutely try my best and we all try our best i think and i think that's the best best thing that you can do yeah absolutely and i think the more that you you're sort of educating yourself about the various issues mm. um, you can't solve them all overnight but once you have that understanding it means that you can gradually kind of chip away at them and improve things over time yeah absolutely so is there any advice or learning that you'd like to share with everyone listening to this podcast? Um, yeah, I think, I think one of the things for me this year that I'm thinking about a lot and actually came from this year's report retreat um, with a, was, is this, this sort of idea of looking beyond the horizon. I think, I think we can all be very sort of blinkered in our day-to-day work that we've got our goals and we know what our business is trying to achieve and, and it's very much like we just need to get there. But, but actually, whether we're talking about sustainability or we're talking about life or business in general, I think there's a real value to trying to stop ourselves every now and then and saying, okay, well, that might be my goal for the next year or two years or whatever it is. But, but what's beyond that? You know, what might be 10 years ahead of that? Um, and you don't have to plan it necessarily but just having that thought process of, of what is it and i think in the context of sustainability right now i think we're at a critical time in history where we really all need to be doing this because we are sort of 
we are fast running out of time on climate change. Um, and I think when we're all head down focusing on yeah, the next quarter or the next 12 months or whatever in our businesses, we lose sight of the big picture. And, and the big picture is that we need to be reducing emissions a lot faster than we are. And I think what, when you only look at the next 12 months or the next six months, you can think you're doing really well. Um, <laughs> but when you look 10 years ahead and you think, oh, crikey, we need to be, you know, mm. let's say 10 years ahead, we need to be sort of zero carbon. By now. Mm. Um, then suddenly it sort of, it changes something in your mind where you're thinking, well, all right, let's, let's just take a step back and really brainstorm. Like, could we do things radically different? And I think that's the thing is when you look beyond the horizon, you, you're sort of forcing yourself uncomfortably to, to try and actually tear up, tear up your own plans and actually think, well, could we come up with completely new ideas? Could we do things completely differently? And I'm not saying that you, I'm not saying that's easy and I'm not saying that those ideas are easy to implement, but I think at least going through that exercise means that you're, you're sort of on that journey of trying to get to the, the real goal, which is a genuinely sustainable, not just a genuinely sustainable business, but be a part of a genuinely sustainable society rather than just focusing on your own short-term goals, which might be fantastic, but, mm. but don't necessarily lead to where we all need to be in 10, 20 years time. Absolutely. Brilliant. I mean, what a great way to end a podcast on, on that. Thank you so much. Um, so what, what's the best way we can connect with you and learn more and understand um, yeah, more about your business and organization and um, yeah. So tell us, tell us more. Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you want to find out more about whole grain digital, then our website wholegraindigital.com is the best place to go. Um, we're on Twitter at eat whole grain. Um, in fact, we're on most social media with at eat whole grain and um, love it. <laughs> 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 bit of health advice to people there as well. <laughs> and then um, if you want to try out our carbon calculator, you can go to websitecarbon.com and um, try it out. Brilliant. And all those will be on the website for um, easy access. So Tom, thank you so much for coming on. It's been brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And um, it really, I don't know, I really enjoy uh, the show and really enjoyed talking to you. So thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a good chat. Thanks for having me on. Thank you.